G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. If a person is a true Christian, their focus and their values will change. Old values, ideas, plans, loves, desires, and beliefs vanish and are replaced by new things. Coming up today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the true believer experiences transformation, regeneration. If any man be in Christ, he is an altogether different kind of person. All things that passed away, behold, everything becomes fresh and new. This is the day when the lost are found. a river. Well, you can, but they call that swimming. You can't be partially pregnant or sort of turn on a light or have most of your seatbelt buckled. In the same way, we can't be almost saved. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the importance of being fully transformed, especially given the soon return of the Lord. It's an important study in the series called Essentials. is a new world coming. Not just up in heaven, but when heaven comes to earth. God still has a plan for planet earth. Sometimes we'll say as Christians, we're going to just die and go to heaven or be raptured into heaven and we'll be there with the Lord forever. Actually, that's not theologically correct. One day, yes, we are going to heaven, but one day God's going to restore this planet. According to Ephesians 1.10, God's perfect plan is to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And by the way, this will be the fulfillment of that part of the Lord's Prayer where we say to the Father, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at Revelation 21. We're reading verses 1 to 6. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There'll be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. 
I am the beginning and the end, and I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to he who thirsts. So we'll stop there. Look at verse five again. Behold, I make all things new. And the new world that is coming, it's out with the old and in with the new. There will be no more terminal diseases. No more hospitals. No more wheelchairs. No more funerals. No suffering. No separations. No accidents. No courts or prisons or divorces or breakdowns or breakups. No suicide. No rape. No missing children. No drug problems. No more heart attacks. No strokes. No Alzheimer's. No cancer. No more famines. No disasters. God makes all things new. Here now is one of the most beautiful promises in all of Scripture. Look at verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. There's great pain in life, isn't there? And, and what can you say? You know, I talk to people all the time who are hurting. I just talked to a young man recently whose brother died. And to make things even worse, he died by suicide. You know, what do you say at a time like that? But listen, one day all pain will be gone. There'll be no more physical or emotional pain. No more pain from a broken body or from a broken heart or broken bones or broken marriages or broken lives. And not only does God do this for our bodies and the earth, but he does it for us today. See, the good news is we don't have to wait for this moment to have that newness in our life. Because 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of the great verses of Scripture says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is an altogether different kind of person. All things have passed away. Behold, everything becomes fresh and new. So what old things pass away when you become a follower of Jesus? Well, old sins. Certainly God forgives our sins and he forgets them. As Psalm 103, 12 says, as far as the east is from the west is as far as God has removed our transgressions from us. And if a person is a true Christian, their focus and their values will change. Old values, ideas, plans, loves, desires, and beliefs vanish and are replaced by new things. Let me turn that around. If your desires have not changed, if you are not longing to be more like Christ, are you really a new person? You see, because when you've come to this newness of life, everything changes and you desire to know God and learn more from Him. A new desire to be led by the Spirit and to be used by God. Things you had no interest in are suddenly the most fascinating things of life to you and things that you used to be obsessed with now hold no allure to you or for you whatsoever. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Like this book? Who cared about this book before you were a Christian? Well, what do I want to read that for? And now as a follower of Jesus, you open this book and God himself speaks to you through it. And when you go into the house of God and you worship the Lord and you connect with the Lord through your worship and through prayer and hearing his word, this is something you long for, you desire, you want to grow spiritually. If you don't have that desire, my question to you is, are you really a new person in Christ we have a new desire to bring glory to God in our life and a new desire to see God in heaven. But of course, heaven is not the default destination of every person. Look at verse eight. Outside, now here's 
little reality check. We're talking about the glories of heaven and the new earth and it's so amazing and awesome, yes? But check this out, verse eight. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters and all liars will have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. So people have not made it in here. Everyone doesn't go to heaven. Who's outside? Well, first it's the cowardly. It takes courage to follow Jesus Christ. These are people who are too afraid of what others think so they don't follow Jesus. You know, it's been said you wouldn't think so much about what people think of you if you realized how little they do. <laughs> and we're so worried about, well, what will they think? Does it really matter to you that much? Enough to keep you away from God? Enough to keep you away from heaven? So the cowardly and the unbelieving are outside because they couldn't make that stand for Christ. And also it mentions the abominable. You think, abominable? The only one I know that would fit that category is a snowman, isn't it? And he's at Disneyland, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, this word abominable is an interesting word. It means to be wholly caught up in wickedness and evil. And there are people like this. They're wholly caught up in it. They're just going whole hog into sin. They have no restraints. Do whatever they want. Say whatever they want. These people are outside. Also the sexually immoral. And this comes from the Greek word pornea. Guess what English word we get from that? Pornographic, pornography. But actually it's a word that, that means more than just looking at sexual images. In the original language, it's a word that encompasses a lot of things that speaks of fornication. That's premarital sex. Or adultery, that's extramarital sex. The only place where God will bless sex is in a marriage between a man and a woman. There are no exceptions to that. And if you're in love with someone, God didn't say it's okay for you to have sex with your boyfriend. You wouldn't believe what people say to me. You know, are you guys having sex? Yeah, but the Lord told us it was okay. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said, go for it, my child. No, he didn't. <laughs> you said that to yourself. God won't bless that. And certainly extramarital sex. Uh, you're married. You, you saved that for that one that you've committed your life to. But uh, then the word sorcerer is mentioned. Now this is interesting. It comes from the Greek word pharmakia. We get our English word pharmacy from it. Now in the first century and even today, drugs were used in the worship of false gods. Thus it's connected to idolatry. So there is a connection between the world of drugs and the world of darkness. It can open the door. And by the way, you want my opinion? I'll give it to you even if you don't want it. I am fully against the legalization of marijuana. And I think it's a huge mistake. But now the genie's out of the bottle. And it is a gateway drug. Don't let anyone tell you differently. It is that stepping stone to other drugs. And people can go deeply into the drug culture and start opening their mind and their heart to spiritual wickedness and occultism and all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you think it's a mistake that so many people that were in the 60s counterculture got into Eastern religions and occultism? There's just a natural progression. So that's what this is talking about. It's not saying it's a sin for you to take Tylenol or Advil or 
drugs in a proper way. And there can be drugs used in an appropriate way. This is talking about mind-altering drugs that can lead you in this direction. Now, I want you to notice, it doesn't say if you've done these things, you'll not go to heaven. It says if you do these things, you'll not go to heaven. There's a big difference, you know, because as we listen and say, oh, I've, I've done some of these things. Okay, but if you've repented of it and asked God to forgive you, then you're forgiven and you're that new person in Christ. But what the Bible is warning is if you do these things, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's something to think about, isn't it? to have you with us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California. And today he's continuing a message called When Heaven Comes to Earth. It's part of his Essentials series. Let's continue. So what do we learn for our own lives as we think about this hope of heaven and the new earth? Number one, it helps us keep perspective during times of trial. Knowing there's heaven, knowing there's a new earth, it helps you keep perspective during times of trial. Life on earth is full of trial, hardship, sadness, disappointment, but God's going to make it up to us. No pain is wasted by God. Romans 8.18 says, I consider the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. God's ultimate goal is to make us like Christ. Number two, it helps us to be truly heavenly minded and we will thus live godly lives. See, when I believe that this is all real, how many of you believe what we've read is real? You believe it. Okay, if you really believe this stuff is real, all these things I've said to you from the Bible, if you believe this is real, it'll affect you in the way that you live. When someone says, oh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, that's absurd. The fact is there are far too many people that are so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. When I know there's a future judgment that deters me from doing evil, when I know there are future rewards that motivates me to do what is right, so my belief about the afterlife has maximum effect on me in this life, you see? So it's very important what I think about life beyond the grave. And that's why Paul said in Colossians 3, since you've been raised with Christ, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And that phrase, set your minds, can be translated, think about these things, or just simply think heaven, seek heaven, be heavenly minded. Number three, it motivates us to want to take as many people as possible with us. It motivates us to want to take as many people as possible with us. Quick poll. How many of you believe that the Bible is true? Raise your hand. You believe that the Bible is true. Okay, good. How many of you believe that everything we have just read is true? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you believe what God says here about the afterlife? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have gone out of your way in light of this to share the gospel with someone in the last two weeks? Raise your hand. Okay. Now I'm not going to put you down, but you all didn't raise your hand that time, did you? See, all the other times, yeah, me, me, oh, I'm not going to lie in church. <laughs> it's good. Just be truthful. Yeah, I haven't done that. Why? Well, I don't know. <laughs> see, but if I really believe these things, shouldn't it affect me in the way I see people? People that cross my path or I cross their path to want to engage them with the message of 
of the gospel? I hope so. And so bringing this message to a close, I want to just say that everything we've talked about, this is the hope of the follower of Jesus Christ. I believe these words are true. I believe one day I'll be in heaven. I believe one day heaven will come to earth. And I believe God is in control of my life. And I believe he's forgiven my sins. Do you have that hope? Maybe you've joined us here tonight and you've maybe been brought by a friend. You didn't really know what you were coming to exactly. And uh, now that you've heard this, you're thinking, well, wow, I've, I've never heard these things before. So here's my question. Do you have the assurance right now that if you were to die, you would go to heaven? Because if you don't have it, you need to get it. See, maybe I talked about some of these things here, you know, the immoral or, or the people involved in drugs or sorcery or cult or whatever it is. Maybe you're doing some of that stuff. Well, listen, here's the good news. God will forgive you of any sin you've committed. I don't care how bad it is if you'll turn from that sin and ask for his forgiveness. Because 2,000 years ago, God loved you so much he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sin and to rise again from the dead. And that same Jesus who died and rose again is with us right now, standing at the door of your life and knocking. And he is saying, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Would you like to ask Jesus to forgive you? Do you need a second chance in life? Have you done something you're ashamed of? Well, listen, God will forgive you. He already knows about it. So it's not like he's going to freak out when you tell him. What? <laughs> he knew you were going to do it before you did it. He saw you do it. And he paid for that sin at the cross of Calvary. And will forgive you if you'll ask him. But he will not stuff forgiveness down your throat. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. But if you want his pardon... If you want the hope of heaven, if you want to be ready for his return, I'll give you that opportunity to take that next step right now. Let's all bow our heads for a prayer, if you would. Father, I pray now for everyone here, everyone listening, everyone watching. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convince them of their need for Jesus and help them to come to you right now and believe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. to Greg Laurie with an important invitation today. Now we've spoken a lot about eternity, but how can you know that you're going to heaven? Well, here's Pastor Greg once again to answer that question and help you if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with God. How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me, and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God, thus I know I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior 
who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg and you meant them sincerely, know on the authority of Scripture that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. And we'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey. Just ask for a New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, Pastor Greg returns with another look at end times issues and he addresses the so what question. The Lord is returning, so what? What does it mean for how we should live today? Good insight from his Essential series next time. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called When Heaven Comes to Earth. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on one 800 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 